going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Goat Show. It is Saturday, October 2nd. Um, Ryan, didn't September just go by really fast? Or is that just me? Time just goes by really fast. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, thanks, September. It's just everything. It's like, it's always like when Christmas time rolls around, and you're just like, wow, I felt like Christmas time just was here. Yeah. So, which is yeah. pretty bizarre. Or holiday seasons, so I know people different things yeah i did i did just buy eggnog for the first time this year today um, <laughs> the perks of working in a grocery store is you know you know when things are there um <laughs> yeah it's, it's just skip halloween who needs halloween we're yeah. all adults here let's go get ready for christmas exactly um <laughs> i mean we've had uh we've had halloween candy set up since the end of august it's been weird but yeah it's kind of bizarre like it seems like every season just starts earlier because people just want to get it going yeah and then like no matter how far off the next one is it's as soon as one's over it's like christmas will end and it's like all right valentine's day let's go <laughs> love's in the air <laughs> yeah and yeah. then Maybe it's just like the quarantine thing where people just wanted stuff to look forward to. Maybe. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it it is kind of funny. I like, you just want to jump into these seasons and I'm not even really mad because I'm a, I'm a big Christmas time person. So yeah, I I just like the picture of uh, Jared Goff. uh, Don't be hating. (laughs) And speaking of that, I got to use that in some of my memes on my new meme page. Greatness debates memes for some nice nifty self-advertising smooth smooth and when you're um, when you're looking at that don't forget about my movie page greatness debates <laughs> and then don't forget to look at uh greatness debates so get a nice yeah. nice three in one self-advertising perfect um they, they should put me on those state farm commercials with uh <laughs> mahomes and rogers get the greatness debates price yeah yeah um no, I would make fun of you more for making all the pages, but I realized after I thought about it that I think I have, or I have had seven altogether. Jeez. Um, yeah, so I, I really can't judge. I mean, I, I, I respect it. I have, well, I have my main, which I won't say because I don't know who's listening to this. Yeah. But, um, I have the greatness debates, greatness debates films, greatness debates memes. In case you didn't hear that before, to get myself out there, but uh, but yeah, I like to have. I just want to keep the memes separate from the more serious content. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I've been enjoying. Um, yeah, because I haven't I haven't posted on my main page since like <laughs> June, I think. Um. So I've been enjoying kind of doing the like low quality um, kind of spammy stuff <laughs> that I don't have to worry about like what it looks like because I don't really care if anyone sees it kind of thing. Yeah, the, me when Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or Danny <yeah>. Dimes. <laughs> it, it should just be a uh, Josh Allen and Danny Dimes uh, Stan account. Pretty much at this That's point. Become- like yeah they just keep doing great things um <laughs> well, well, well to, to an extent 
<laughs> yeah. Um, on that note, we should probably get uh, on topic looking back at week three. Um, and I want to kick things off with probably like the co- most, I don't want to say craziest finish to a game, but like the most unlikely um, mm-hmm. being the Ravens and the Lions. And I should know, I almost never watch NFL Red Zone. Um, really? Yeah, I don't because it doesn't always, at least during the like the majority of the game, it doesn't always show me what I want to see. So if I can watch whatever game I want, I'd probably, I'd rather flip between games that I want than like just watch that and have no control, you know? Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but it just so happened, I decided to put it on right when uh Ravens Lions and the Chargers and Chiefs were just finishing up mm-hmm. and it was it was intense because so, so you didn't watch the Ravens Lions right no no I was too busy watching the Steelers lose <laughs> <laughs> yeah that. yeah we'll get there in a second but yeah so um Lions took the lead on a field goal with like a minute left um the Ravens had no first downs, or sorry, no timeouts. Um, no first downs. I mean, it's a little tough. No first downs. Yeah. Uh, no timeouts. Um, like I said, about a minute left. Back in their own territory. First down goes nowhere. Second down goes nowhere. Third down, I think Jackson lost. No, sorry. One of those was a sack, and then he ran out of bounds for a sack as well. So it was fourth and 19. And at this point, it's like 20-some seconds left. You're like, there's, okay. Even if he converts a fourth and 19 from his own, like, I don't remember what the guard line was. But in their own zone, on their own side of the field, like, even if he converts that, like, what are the chances that they're actually going to be able to score out of that? Right? Um, mm-hmm. so he drops back, finds Sammy Watkins past the sticks. Um, apparently the only receiver on that team that wanted to catch that day, uh, <laughs> from what I'm hearing. Um, same here, same then, here. Yeah, and then they get up, spike, and it's like, okay, well, 66 yard field goal. I guess if anybody's going to hit that, it's going to be Justin Tucker, right? But you're still, like, you see attempts that long, not all the time, but pretty often, where you're just like, ah, well, you got to give it a shot. Like, can't really do anything else. I mean, Um, we did see that in another game. We saw Gus Johnson give a uh, energetic call with 109 yards to the house. Yeah. That was down the half, right? Yeah, end the half for the Jaguars first Cardinals. Actually, I don't know if it was I don't know if it would be 109 yards. Do you remember how long it was? Was it 99? I think 109 sounds right. Like just like just short kind of like just Yeah, I don't kind remember. of like a kickoff. Um 
Yeah, I would have to check, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was something like that. Like it was really long. It's kind of ironic because that was Matt Prater kicking, and I think Justin Tucker broke Matt Prater's mm-hmm. record. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So you know, Matt Prater was a uh, down bad after he missed that one that would have extended his record, and then Justin Tucker broke it. Yeah, not the best day for him. Um. But yeah, before before the kick, uh, I should mention that there was a potential missed delay of game. Which, <laughs> I, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which Lions fans are really upset about. But personally, I don't think we can really say anything definitive one way or the other based on the clock that we see on the screen alone, yeah. you know? Yeah, because, I mean, the, cl- the clock on the screen says, yeah, it was definitely a delay of game. But, like, is there a delay between that and the there, actual? There is a little. Like, I, I don't know. You would just have to see – Um you would have to see the on-field clock, right? Like, there's no way that we can make judgments like that based on what the TV says, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, just judging by what the television scoreboard said, it was clearly a delay of game, but, like, it's what matters. It's what's on the field for Lamar Jackson who's calling the cadence and the center of the sea, not yeah. yeah. Um. So like, I don't know. I I don't know. Like, I haven't looked too much into that play, so I won't say anything definitive. But yeah, I mean, if the refs just missed that, which happens often in close games, I feel like we get like the the play that's like takes questionably long after zero hits to yeah. uh, commence. I I think it's like a. I feel like there might be a bit of a problem where sometimes refs look that off in close big time moments, but I don't know. I this you have to go on a case by case basis, and I haven't looked in enough to this play to really say. Yeah, that's fair. Like I, I just don't think that it's really worth discussing if we don't know for sure if the clock was even accurate, right? It's just stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just thought that was worth touching on a little bit but yeah 66 yard field goal did you see the kick at least not live but obviously i've seen many videos fucker yeah. hitting it and uh insane because i mean first of all like we said that is the longest field goal in nfl history <laughs> um and the fact that it hit the crossbar went up and in is just crazy so, yeah, a lot of things that were just, like, you never really thought that they could do it until it happened. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Crazy. And uh, can I tell you a story? Sure. So, my, my nickname for Justin Tucker is He Does Sports. And I'll explain that. So, one time okay. I was on a cruise that was going out of Baltimore, Maryland, where – Prior and like earlier in the cruise, I had met Jamal Lewis and Jacoby, nice. two obviously two Ravens legends in their own ways. Jamal Lewis, 
amazing running back and Jacoby Jones, Super Bowl hero, iconic kickoff returner, except deep threat, etc. Yeah. Um, and then so later on in the cruise, I went to a game show, and um, there's this younger couple on the game show, and there's this guy who, not gonna lie, was acting like kind of a tool, <laughs> and I just thought he looks kind of familiar, and then I was thinking like. It, could that be Justin Tucker? Because I saw the other Ravens players. So I was like putting two to two together in my head. Yeah. So this game show was like a couple's game show. And he was there with his fiance at the time. I assume they're married now. And um, the fiance said, so he, she was asked like, oh, what does your husband do for a living? And she says, he does sports. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, that's Justin Tucker. <laughs> but I saw that. So I was that's that's why whenever I see Justin Tucker, I just think he does sports. That's really funny. He does. So yeah, I, I never had the uh quote unquote privilege to uh, meet him in person, but uh I don't know. He seems like a like a interesting character. But um I can't deny he's probably the greatest kicker of all time. Probably as in yeah, he's the greatest kicker of all time. I there's still a place in my heart for Adam Benetieri. Um, Not mine, but <laughs> but um, I just feel like I don't know. I think he's literally the most accurate kicker ever. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel right giving him number one yet. Maybe even B kind of thing. That's but, fair. I mean, granted, it's like Vinatieri's the, the Super Bowl game winners. Yeah, like, that's also situational. Like, like Justin Tucker could have hit those in the same situation. I know hypotheticals are hypotheticals, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like also Adam Vinatieri played kind of overstayed his welcome in the NFL, which probably hurts a lot of his like accuracy. Yeah, because he had those years where he was struggling in Indianapolis when he was very clearly over the hill. Yeah, so, he had a couple couple bad years at the end there. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I just think I just feel like Tucker's just been so automatic. Like he's, I don't think he's ever missed. I think he's like, isn't it like sixteen for sixteen and like game winning kicks or something along that line. I like in the yeah. Something like that, or or even just like in fourth quarter or overtime. Yeah, that's insane. And like the, like when the people say like, "Oh, kicking's the easiest job in the NFL," I'm like, "Well, it's not easy when you, when you have to kick." Yeah. To, to you know all these super athletes performing at such a high level, and and you your right leg determines if their <laughs> efforts are rewarded. Yeah. I mean, just ask the Minnesota Vikings who've lost <laughs> so many countless big games because they have inept kickers like. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough when you think of that and, and how clutch he's been, how automatic he's been. He just – I guess he just does sports. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, so jumping over to the other game I was watching on Red Zone, the Chargers were trailing the Chiefs. Uh, no, sorry, it was tied. 24 to 24. The Chargers were driving down. They made a big play to get, I think, like inside the five. Um, and at that point, 
it was like, okay, just kill the clock, um, kick the field goal or whatever, and you got the win. No time left. It's all perfect. Instead, and here's the thing, is I had Mike Williams in two fantasy leagues. Kind of in the back of my head, I was like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if they just threw a touchdown to Mike Williams right now? Um, and then they did. And I, I got to be more careful with those kind of thoughts because <laughs> that's a lot of power. This isn't the first time um, something like that's happened because in 2019, when um, you remember Josh Allen's lateral in the playoff game? Yes, very clearly. That everyone was like, well, why would you do that? That was stupid. I'm pretty sure it's because of me. Because I saw what he saw when he was spinning around. And I was like, huh, it might work if you pitched it back to that guy. And then he did it. And, yeah, I don't I, 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 don't, I can't explain it. Maybe, um, you, should, maybe you should create a create an account called a goat telepathy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the next one. Um, yeah, so they kicked the or they scored the touchdown. So with like thirty seconds left, and then luckily helped the Chiefs off. Um, mm-hmm. Mahomes threw two interceptions in this game, which is weird. I think um, one of them was not really his fault. I saw one where he no look side armed it. His receivers in the hand, and it popped up and got picked. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is like so I don't know. Just just look at the receiver. I think I think he'll get a better sense of if he's getting the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of all the fancy stuff. Mostly just because of how much the like NFL social media page like hypes it up and it's like, all right, that's not actually that big of a deal. And like, it's like- Sometimes they say Mahomes just threw a no look when he didn't even throw a no look. You look at like his head. He's looking yeah. at the receiver. I remember that, like a play from training camp. Mahomes no look. And he literally like his his head's tilted right at the receiver. Yeah. So I'm like, I think he was looking at him. And I'm, I admit, like I'm a kind of a Mahomes fanboy. I'm a uh, Mahomey. But hmm. um, I I would say even sometimes they they overdo it a bit, which creates a lot of annoy- annoyance with people. It's like ESPN with LeBron. Where like every time LeBron breathes, they put it, they make a post on him, which annoys people. Yeah, like it's kind of like the NFL's social media with Mahomes, so it's just like got toned it back a little bit. Yeah, I think my least favorite one was his like quote left-handed pass, oh where <laughs> he kind of just like dumped it like five yards, and everyone lost their minds. But it was like. It's not that big. I don't know. I mean, I could throw a pass left-handed five yards. <laughs> Granted, I'm also left-handed. But... Uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> um, oh, you're, you're left-handed as well? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, Especially with the low percentage of people in this world that are left-handed. Yeah. They're really special group. That might actually explain a lot here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, 
Um, so right now, the Chiefs are sitting at last in the division. Um, first time they've had a losing record since 2015. And you know what else happened in the AFC West in 2015? What happened in the AFC West in 2015? The Broncos started 3-0, and and you know how that ended? Cam Newton does. <laughs> I'm sorry. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I don't mean to beat a dead horse by uh, saying yeah. that. Uh, I, it was just a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. No, nope, I should have they... said Von Miller does. That would have been a bit more yeah. kind. But, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure Cam remembers too. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 2015, Broncos take advantage of a great defense and a really good wide receiver duo to and solid running back stable too, if I remember right. Um, yeah, to and... carry their game manager quarterback to the Super Bowl, and here we are in 2021. The Broncos have a great defense. Good wide receiver duo, couple nice running backs, and a game manager quarterback. So, mm. I mean, we've seen it done before. I'm just saying. Um, it's just, in, in all seriousness, seriousness, I just feel like I just don't think we'll ever see that again. Yeah, like a game man. Like, I I understand we saw like Nick Foles win a Super Bowl very recently, but like I feel like you have to be playing at a pretty high level as a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Like, even with, like, I just feel like we won't really see, like, quarterbacks playing, like, average to below average level, like, winning a Super Bowl. Super Bowl 53 would like to have a conversation. Okay, that's that's fair. But, like, (laughs) I mean, granted, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, they've been in Super Bowls recently. Like yeah. Bartles was a Miles Jack fumble away from being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It is a team game. So actually, I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. But I just feel like offenses these days are too potent to have a quarterback playing like an average level, like throughout the season, throughout the playoffs, throughout the Super Bowl, yeah. and a Super Bowl. But then again, like, I'm thinking about that after I say that, like, I guess it can be done, but the your rest of your roster has to be like really good in almost everywhere. Like the 49ers with Garoppolo, they had elite run game, elite defense, elite line, elite play calling and scheming mm-hmm. until they got a lead in the Super Bowl and forgot yeah. how to uh, you know, do a jet sweep to uh Debo Samuel, which probably would have won them the game. Yeah. But um you kinda just need everything on your team to be good if you have a quarterback playing at an average level. But then again, Teddy's been really efficient, and you know maybe this is just his year with them. Yeah, who knows? Um, granted, they haven't they haven't played anyone great yet, but they have been dominant <laughs> every game. Uh, so I think this yeah. week against Baltimore will be mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, I totally agree, and um, I'm not sitting here calling the Denver Super Bowl contenders. I don't think they are. At least not right now, but um, I think they're definitely wild card contenders. Um, I mean, I don't really like people calling them like frauds just yet because I feel like you could say like, oh, they haven't played anybody, but at the same time, you play who you're scheduled to play, 
And as long as against the teams you're scheduled to play, I don't really see yeah. how you can hate on a team for doing that. Like, if they were yeah. playing atrocious and squeaking by them on, like, kind of BS ways, then, like, yeah, I could see you calling them frauds. But, like, their defense is elite. Are they the number one ranked defense right now? Number two? I think so. I would have to look. Give me one minute. They're, they're certainly along those lines. Teddy's been efficient. You know, they have a lot of good receivers. Like, I feel like it's premature to just call them frauds and pretenders. And, like, yeah, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I don't think that they're, like, not a good team. Yeah, I think they're definitely playoff contenders and could probably, with that defense especially, could make some noise in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, when you're winning – every game by double digits like what more do you want them to do right um yeah and yeah, yeah yeah i just i just agree with that and like yeah and like if they ever played really bad against baltimore which i wouldn't expect then we can maybe have some of these conversations but i mean i think they can really compete with baltimore i could see them beating baltimore i mean baltimore was just a 66 yard Justin Tucker field goal away yeah. from losing to the Lions. So who's to say that Denver can't beat them? Like, I think it's definitely possible. Uh, I expect the Ravens to win this game, but I think there's. I do. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all if the Broncos did. Uh, they're currently yeah. first in scoring and second in total yards. So, yeah, probably arguably the best defense in the league right now. And yeah. Just thinking about this next game, I mean, great offense will always be great defense, which is another reason why I, I have a hard time seeing like a really average quarterback winning the Super Bowl because for there's no such thing as a great defense in the NFL anymore, I feel like, just because offenses are so dynamic and so smart that I feel like they can just score, you know what I mean? But um, I think this could be an occasion where the great offense of Lamar could score, but mm-hmm. you never know. I mean – they haven't been the Ravens the cleanest so far, especially with the injuries. Like, you know, that the game against the Raiders was sloppy. And then all against the Chiefs, they kind of had – they took momentum and then had that crazy comeback. And mm-hmm. the Lions, I admit, I wasn't paying attention to because – because. But um, <laughs> they obviously weren't really cooking that game. So it's interesting to see. I know this is a bit of a – Tangent, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I have nothing to add there. Um, if you wanted <laughs> to move along, mm-hmm. um, you said you watched some tape on the Browns Bears game, um, correct? I did. I just want to, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Ohio State fan. And um, so I would see I'm a big Justin Fields fan. He's one of my favorite players that I've watched at Ohio State. Obviously, I think he's an extraordinary talent. And um, when I saw that he got drafted to the Bears, I admit my heart sank a little bit. <laughs> I just knew I'm like, Nagy. I mean, I know Mitch Trubisky had his issues, but like Nagy really didn't help out Mitch Trubisky. Hey, he, he did win Coach of the Year in 2018 for absolutely no reason. So, can't forget yeah, about I, that. 
<laughs> Forgot about that because we didn't even know that before I read it in the notes. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just just looking at a lot of route concepts that they utilize. It's just like it makes no like sense. And yeah. then even some of the protections, like I saw a play where Cole Komet was blocking Miles Garrett, like just him and Miles Garrett. Oh, that alone is just like, like you don't see that and think, yeah, I shouldn't have a tight end blocking one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Yeah, and then the left left tackle and the left guard are then double teaming one of the Browns' interior defensive linemen. Meanwhile, you're just single blocking Miles Garrett with Cole Komet. That's so strange. And then, guess what happened on that play? Uh, did Miles with- Garrett get a sack? Very close, but Miles Garrett got immediate pressure. Yeah. And another Browns defender got immediate pressure. Yeah. And then Justin Fields, basically, as soon as he drops back and looks, he's congested in the in the um, backfield and just has to fire a pass incomplete. Yeah. And I'm like, just that one play alone kind of tells me everything I needed to know about that game. And it's just, yeah. Justin Fields had one net passing yard, which is very bad. So he had That's 68, crazy. 68 passing yards, but was sacked nine times for a loss of 67. So like one net. Just just explain that for anybody who wouldn't understand. But um, yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure Justin Fields, like I should have watched maybe a bit more film, but like I'm sure Justin Fields didn't play that good. But like just watching what I saw from – the Bears protection is like, what could a rookie quarterback in his first career start really do against a defense that's really talented? Like, I've always wanted Justin Fields to start just because I feel like he would provide the Bears so much upside. But after just seeing how inept they are, I'm thinking, like, I'd rather just see him sit on the sidelines and see him survive till the end of the year. Yeah, literally just see him survive. Like, now he's already hurt. I know I don't know how bad he's hurt. I know you said he's gonna start tomorrow, yeah, right? They did announce that. Like, no, I just said like just please just like just just sit him on the sidelines. <laughs> Maybe Justin Fields can call some general managers and see if they would like to trade for him. <laughs> but like, I, I don't even know. I, I just just throw just just play like Andy Dalton, play Nick Foles. Don't 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 risk Justin Fields. Maybe even you know. Fire Matt and Aggie. I don't even know why that dude's even still working. Like, he's yeah, kind of, he's kind of a certified stooge at this point. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. They're they're just kind of a dumpster fire. I feel bad yeah. for Fields. Yeah, I mean, you come in, you're supposed to be a good offensive guy, and your offense has stunk for three years. No, um, yeah. I guess th- is this his fourth year there? I don't know exactly, but like the two years they've gone in the playoffs is because of their defenses. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like last year, they were the worst team in the entire playoffs, and then the other year, the double doink year, there was really more so their their defense. And Mitch Trubisky had some good moments here and there, but like never they never made the playoffs because Nagy's offense was a playoff caliber offense. It was always just because their defenses were elite. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, he won Coach of the Year in 2018. And that was what, like, the Bears have the number one uh, passing defense, number one uh, scoring defense. And sorry, they were first in takeaways as well. But he's, an, he's the offensive coach. And their offense was ninth in scoring, but 21st in total yards, 21st in passing yards. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. weird. So you he's kind of, I'm not starting to cut you off, but like, he's just another one of those, like, there's a word in Italian called fugazi, which means fake. And he's <laughs> just one of the uh, fugazi offensive gurus in the NFL that just, or, I don't know why they just irrationally annoy me, like all the fake offensive geniuses. Yeah, like a, uh, he, my favorite is all the guys like, who like had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay once and were getting McVay. jobs. Yeah. yeah, like like the Zach Taylors and the Cliff Kingsburys yeah. of the world. Like these guys, they're 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 not good, and like if they look good, it's only because they're just gifted with talent from front offices and low draft picks because their teams stink. Like, that's why they look yeah. good if they do look good. And, like, Matt Nagy's been given a lot and still looks bad. Yeah. Like, it's just – like, Sean McVay and, like, Kyle Shanahan, although I'm still mad at him for fantasy reasons, <laughs> they, they, they at least solidify that they are legit. Like, they are what these kind of guys are meant to be advertised as. It's just, like, really smart offensive coaches that can – produce you know yards and touchdowns with almost anybody like Sean McVay went to a Super Bowl granted they probably should not have gone to the Super Bowl <laughs> with Sean uh with not with Sean McVay with Jared Goff and then yeah. won a playoff game last year with Jared Goff and now he gets Matthew Stafford and the Rams are one of the best offenses in the NFL Matthew Stafford yeah. probably the MVP favorite at the moment like it's very clear what like true offensive geniuses are versus like the Zach Taylors and Cliff Kingsbury's and Matt Nagy's of the world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just looking at some numbers now, the bears have been bottom five in total yards the past two seasons. Um, and they were 32nd in net yards per pass attempt in 2019. So yeah, the fact that he's supposed to be like this nice offensive coach, you know, he came from Andy Reid, um, and the offense sucks, and it, <laughs> he doesn't seem to care. And so, kind of culture wise, I don't think there's a lot going on there either. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, it's don't just get it. ugly. And like, I know there was the issue, I didn't he like give the play calling back to his actual offensive coordinator and then I their offense say. was good, right? And then he took it back and now it's bad again. Isn't that the story? I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um <laughs> but yeah, on the on the flip side we got a head coach who also one coach of the year and this time deserved it. Um, and <laughs> Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. Um, overall, their offense was 
really good. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both had over 80 yards on the ground. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was back and only hurt himself again a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Hunt yeah. actually had a really crazy game. Um, because I mean, he had sorry to cut you off, but like he's still like a legit good back. Like, if he went to a lot of other teams, he'd be like a feature workhorse kind of back, yeah. And he's the backup on the Browns, granted, gets a lot of carries still, but. They're using him well because he had mm-hmm. 10 carries for 81 yards, so 8.1 yards a carry. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure – I don't remember exactly. I'm sure there was a big one in there somewhere that kind of inflated that, but still. Um, and then uh, six catches for 74 yards as well. So mm-hmm. I'm always kind of wary. I had him on one of my fantasy teams last year, and I was never – it was tough because you never know when he's going to do something like that or when he's going to get like five carries and he might score a touchdown to make playing him worth it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good to see for him uh, having a nice role there, but. Yeah. It also would depend on matchup too. Like if they're playing a team where they're getting nine sacks, like they're going to just pound the ball the entire game. So. Yeah, I mean, and it's nice for him because if they're running the ball a ton, he'll get some rotation. And if they're passing a lot, even better because he's the better receiver of the group. So, yeah. Um, yeah, good to see yeah, him working there. Do um, you want to talk about another AFC North team or two? Or is that still a bit of a sore spot? So very much a sore spot. <laughs> but I actually wanted to go back a little bit. And I noticed sure. we didn't really talk about – we talked about them getting um, – or you wrote about them getting Josh Gordon. Oh, I yeah. I kind of skipped thoughts over on that. that. Go ahead. And I've been saying since last offseason that I really felt like the uh, Chiefs really needed a uh, legitimate number two receiver. I know yeah. people said, like, oh, aren't isn't like, you know – Tyra Kill technically the number two receiver because they have Travis Kelsey. And I would say, yeah. like, no, I mean, like, a legitimate another wide receiver who can make plays if another team, like what teams are doing, are doubling Tyree Kill and mm. forcing these other receivers who, in my opinion, are kind of, I don't want to say gimmicky, but, like, they're kind of just there because they're fast and they're not yeah, really they're kind of guys, but they're teams. not super reliable. Yeah, and, like, they heavily recruited Juju Smith-Schuster, and I know you don't have that many positive thoughts on him. <laughs> in a lot of ways, I don't either. <laughs> but he kind of is what they need in terms of, like, a guy that can just make physical possession catches. Yeah. You know, you can throw to him on, like, third downs. Like, the Steelers target him a lot on third down. And, like, or they, they need a receiver kind of like that that can do something different and provide them value from – a receiver not named Tyreek Hill, just thinking wide receivers, not Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yes, they, they, they just got Josh Gordon, and obviously he's kind of the wild card because he's missed so much time and had so many you know troubles off the field with addiction. And, um, you know, you said he's 30 years old, you noted, and hasn't played since 2019. I don't know what to expect from him, but I feel like there's upside there as long as he can stay on the field and, and stay – right mentally and physically, I think he can provide some value to them. 
Although I think the bigger Chiefs problem and problem is the um is their defense, which yeah. is mind numbingly bad because <laughs> they're they can't stop the run to save their lives. They're worse than what I thought they were going to be, and that's very alarming because the Chiefs' offense is getting slowed down. And this can't. This isn't going to just be like Mahomes' first year as a full-time starter where, yes, their defense wasn't that good, but Patrick Mahomes and that offense was playing at an all-time great level, and they can just win games for more points than you. And the Chiefs realized that's not a Super Bowl strategy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. Yeah. Although D Ford's hand wasn't offsides, they very well could have. <laughs> um, just to throw that in there, but um, yeah, and they got better on defense the following year, and their defense made many big plays in their Super Bowl run. And now looking at it, their defense is just bad. And, you know, I I don't know how to really feel about them. Of course, I don't think they're the fourth best team in their division, but um. I don't know. I, I just feel like they're at a weird spot right now, and they have a lot to figure out. And even, like, Andy Reid was in the hospital after the game. By all accounts, it seems like he's okay. Yeah. But um, there's just a lot of weird things going on with the Chiefs. And then you're projecting towards the future. They paid Patrick Mahomes a you know, MLB, NBA contract. And, yeah. like, that, like, their time to win – is right now because quarterbacks who make a ton of money don't tend to win. Tom Brady had the my wife's Giselle clause and wasn't making money so he could put these great rosters around himself and constantly be in the contending race and constantly go to the Super Bowl. And and Mahomes is not in that situation. Mahomes took that fat contract and he might be, you know, reaping the negative effects because – I don't know going forward how much that's going to affect. I question a lot of like the general manager's decisions. Like when I touched, I I made a whole post on this. So I'm kind of going over the things I talked about in that post, but like drafting JK Dobbins, I mean, I mean, draft not picking like JK Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor over Clyde Edwards Solaire. Like, that's a little thing where I was like, taking a running back in the first round is already kind of dumb. Speaking as a fan of a team who took a running back in the first yeah. round. But um, it's even worse when you pick the wrong. And, like, not picking Dobbins. Like, imagine the Chiefs with a power run game led by J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor. Like, imagine yeah. that kind of dimension to their offense or, like, DeAndre Swift. And there's probably – there may even be – is that, is that all the that are better than CEH from that running back class? That one, yeah. It's weird to think that he was the first off the board, but he's probably the least count. And, yeah. like, just a, just a decision like that, I'm like, if you're going to take a running back, take, at the time it was very obvious that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was not the best running back on the board. And like, it's not just, like, a hindsight thing. It's like, yeah, he wasn't, and, like, I don't know. I know. I know. Mahomes wanted him, which is a big reason. But like, yeah, I, I feel like in a situation where I draft the best player. So I just, I don't know. I'm like, I've always been big on Kansas City. I'm a big. I'm a, but um, I don't know. I'm just afraid of 
the Chiefs turning into Seattle post the LLB, where they're very good, ton of points with their elite quarterback, but they can't stop anybody. They can't stop a nosebleed, and they're good but not true Super Bowl team. And I'm afraid of the Chiefs just turning into that, and it seems like that might happen, but I'm not writing them off in the slightest yet. But the worry, like the worry meter, aside from the cringe meter, we have the worry meter, mm. and the worry meter is 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 very much up in. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, just looking at their defensive numbers right now, they're 31st in points allowed. 30th in total yards, um, 30th in net yards per pass attempt allowed, and 38th in yards per carry allowed. So nothing very promising there. Um, but to be fair, they have only played good offenses to this point. Um, I'm sure they won't be allowing – what's that? And now they're playing the Eagles, so they might... yeah. So I'm sure this streak of allowing 30 points a game um, should come to an end sometime. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. You, yeah, you put it together well. Um, it's just, I don't know, just not that positive on them at the moment. I could see them putting it together. I mean, we've seen like Tom Brady's Patriot teams, or should I say Bill Belichick's Patriots teams, because he had more to do with their success. But that's a discussion for, <laughs> for another day. But like we've seen them start two and two, and then all the, the talking heads, all oh, the Patriots dynasty is over, then they would just go and win the Super Bowl. So, like, yeah, just a weird start. They really gave the game away against the Ravens and, uh, just for an example of a game they could have won, like they could easily be three and zero, they could easily be zero and three. So it's it's a bizarre, it's kind of just weird, but I, I still think that they're definitely a contender. Patrick Holmes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Hill, Kelsey, Andy Reid just and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy kind of just have to put on their thinking caps and figure the offense out, and then the defense just kind of has to just get to a good enough level to not screw up the rhythm for their offense and put their offense in bad positions. Yeah, for sure. Um, looking ahead, they so they have the Eagles this week, and then they play Buffalo, uh, who we want to touch on in a second, Washington, Tennessee, Giants, Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, before their Week 12 bye. Um Mixed bag a bit of yeah. great offenses to offenses they could work with. Yeah, but at this rate, um, if they, yeah, if they keep giving up that much to those good offenses, they could easily drop another three or four, maybe five of the because like the Bills could beat them. I think with the way they're playing, the Titans could beat them. Packers, Raiders, and Cowboys wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, you know. So, really, any most a lot like if you're giving up that many points, I know you have Patrick Mahomes, but like 
like so you really could lose to a lot of teams playing defense like that. Yeah, and if you have another game like last week where they turned the ball over four times on offense, it's yeah, not doing yourself any favors. Um but they they do get the Steelers in the second half of their schedule. So Oh, it's fine. It's not yeah. like they have to worry about anything. Nothing there. to worry about there. Um, like, like literally they could they could play Chad Henney and they could probably still beat us. <laughs> They'll probably still beat us. Yeah. Um but so I guess that's a nice transition into into the team I'm gonna make memes about for the next my whole life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta say, all I really saw from this one was the quote highlight reel of Ben Look. Roethlisberger just not looking good at all. Um, so if you can do a little more in depth on that, like what what was going on? Well, where, where did I start? There were more low lights, like the offensive line is worse than what it was last season. It was probably the worst line in the league last season. So, like, when I would say, ah, I can't get any worse, it literally got worse. It was yeah. the worst, and it got worse from being, like, it got, it was already the worst, and it just got more of the worst. Yeah. Like, they're starting two rookies who are kind of thrown in the fire. They shouldn't be starting. And, like, like I just looked at next-gen stats, and Big Ben had less time from snap to throw than Justin Fields did on Sunday. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think Justin Fields had two point I can't remember exactly, but a two point five something and Big Ben at two point two eight. Which oh, was wow. the small which is the lowest in the league. So like you have a thirty nine year old a mobile quarterback playing with an offensive line that's giving him the less lowest snap to throw percentage in the NFL. And then on top of that, you have been holding the ball for too long on certain plays and just taking dumb sacks and making bad decisions. So on top of the offensive line being horrendous, Ben's not really doing his part to better that by making really poor decisions and, Despite the Steelers' defense missing T.J. Watt and missing Alex Highsmith, you know, they were still playing pretty well against with a lot of weapons. And really, two of the Bengals' touchdowns came from plays where Ben came after Big Ben threw two pretty bad picks. One of them, he got hit, and the ball just came out. But it was a play where he held the ball for too long, where he should just throw it away and um another came from a play where ben went out of the pocket and literally threw it in the triple coverage i don't even know what he saw i don't know if he was seeing ghosts but um <laughs> and then, like that set up two Bengals touchdowns and like if ben just kind of played it close to the chest and just took punts on those plays yeah like the steelers could have found a way to win the game even despite not having tj watt and not having alex highsmith Johnson so like like to answer your original question it's just like the offensive line is bad but Ben's also not making the proper decisions to like help that situation so and yeah that makes sense 
and like like and also his diminished arm talent also forwards it because he can't really throw deep on a dime like he could in the past. Now he kind of has to yeah. work short. So like you see Najee Harris having nine. And it's just, uh, I also say the scheming doesn't help either because like a guy with him could get offensive production out of Nick Mullins then you can still get offensive production out of a 39-year-old Big Ben. Yeah. So like, saying, like, oh, Big Ben's, you know, Big Ben sucks. You can still work off of There's still to work with. Yes, Deontay Johnson was out, but Claypool was still playing. Juju was knocked out with a ribs injury. And even that is bizarre. They started the course of the game. Like, Juju got hurt. Their starting center got hurt. Their starting right tackle got hurt. Claypool got hurt. So it was just even weirder like that. Najee was getting the ball every play. Every time Najee would get a run over 10 yards, he'd be called back for a whole thing. Literally yeah. it happened three times in a row. He would get a run he would get a run play that would go at least over 10 yards and there would just be a holding flag. So yeah. it was just like they finally get a productive play on the ground. Even when just, they do something good, they did bad. Yeah, literally. And it's just – how their offense is just such a mess, and it's even worse than what it looked like last year. And then their defense, like what they did week one against the Bills, defensively is not a fluke. Like I saw people were saying, like, oh, it was a fluke they beat the Bills. It's it's really not. They just haven't been healthy since that game. Yeah. And the Steelers, this like this game against the Bengals was the first game where the Steelers had not recorded a sack in seventy five games. Wow. And like that streak, like the streak, I'm sure you've heard of that streak. It. I don't think I have. Like, yeah, they had the NFL record of streaks in consecutive regular season games. That streak ended on Sunday against the Bengals. Wow. It was also because Joe Burrow also threw 18 passes, and many of them yeah. he just had no pressure because T.J. Watt wasn't playing, Alex Highsmith wasn't playing, and even though Melvin Ingram's still a good player, he's good as like a third outside linebacker at this stage, not like in number one. So like, yeah, like it had no pass rush. So, so Burrow could kind of sit back comfortable like Derek Carr could the previous game. And then it, it was just and in short fields because of the interceptions. In essence, that's kind of what made this game sway so heavily towards Cincy. And then the Steelers just being inept offensively. Like, I don't know if you saw, there was a fourth and 10 play from the 10. Yeah. And the Steelers ran a uh, check down to Najee Harris that got, like, blown up. Yeah. Like, they didn't even, like, it, I, oh, we're just going to chuck a deep ball to Claypool and pray. But, like, no, they, they, Harris and, like, basically said, okay, Najee, uh, here's four defenders. Try try to try to try to get in the end zone. Yeah. Granted, not two of them, but then like, just there wasn't going to go anywhere, and I, I just I'm just so nervous because like they spent such high draft capital on this dude, and they're just going to wear him down. Like, I, I understand you're trying to move the ball, but like, 14 catches for a guy, and it's 
third NFL game is just like, and like when Najee Harris gets tackled, it's like the entire defense is going to swarm him. It's not just like one guy. Yeah. So like, then you get like a whole like pile of defenders on him, and uh, it's just, it's just head scratching. It's, it's just, it's just not fun. <laughs> it's not a fun time to be a fan. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, you could say more about that game than I can, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I could certainly say a lot. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just, there's so many things. Just, yeah, I just, I just have to make memes on this to cope. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the best way. Um, so I do need to wrap things up here soon. Yeah, so I'm going to touch on a couple of things quickly. Um, obviously, we have some stuff on the Titans and Derrick Henry. I think we'll, with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones out against the Jets, there's a very good chance that we'll be able to talk about how good Derrick Henry is Again. next week. So <laughs> I think we can scratch that for now. Um one thing I did want to talk about is just really quick is it looks like the bills are definitely back on track. Um, they outscored their opponents 78 to 21 in the last two games. They've scored 35 plus points and won by at least 20 in five of their last six regular season games. The only one not being week one against the Steelers. Um hmm. Yeah, just some stuff that I thought was interesting. Josh Allen just kind of evolved through the previous versions of himself. Um, <laughs> where he was like rookie Josh Allen in week one, and then 2019 Josh Allen in week two, and then last year he looked like 2020 Josh Allen. So the duality, it's art. Yeah, um, <laughs> but if we if we follow that through, he's probably gonna be like. Superman in week four, like especially against the Texans. So <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's like, it's like, no, there's like the Baker Mayfield cycle. Is this like the Josh Allen cycle? It's not a cycle. It's just, um, it's just like a timeline kind of time. So it looks like he just gets warmed up. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like when you're playing. Oh, so I'm losing. So now I have to try. It's kind of yeah, like that. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, biggest game from this last week was probably uh, Tampa Bay versus <laughs> the Rams. Um, I'd say it kind of it, it generally lived up to the hype, especially for what I was hoping. But I was kind of surprised it wasn't closer. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought I did think it would be like a thriller, but I mean, there was a lot of exciting plays. But I, the the really really reaffirmed a lot of the positive things that I've thought about them, and they took control of the game. Stafford was electric, and he was connecting with everybody. Um, the Bucks de- uh, uh, Bucks defense, the Rams defense was getting a lot of pressure on Brady, which was great to see, and um, really held yeah. that really potent offense down. Uh, granted, Antonio Brown wasn't there, which plays a role, and Gronk got hurt, but yeah. um, still, I mean, still really impressive do granted you know Brady's teams in the past have lost to teams in the regular season and beaten them in the playoffs so I'm this 
guarantees of Rams that the Rams would beat them again because there's, there's never a guarantee in, in football or in life with many major things. But yeah. it's a great sign to see that the Rams can can really you know man up to the beat them. And um, who knows? This game could decide who if they do get the NFC Championship where they're playing and playing in that dome in Tampa if you're the Rams. So yeah. True. To really give them a leg up, it could give them the mental edge, and uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting NFC Championship if we get to watch that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, it was good to see the Rams doing their thing. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was back making plays like it's 2013 or whenever he was good. Um, yeah, the typical long D-Jax touchdown where he's talking trash to the def- defense. Where he almost blows it by giving up at the end. And he was like, oh, shoot, I actually got to get in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't take the ball and throw it behind him while he was uh, crossing the goal line. Yeah, just throw it at the one-guard line. Who needs it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, the Rams defense played well, held Brady's only one touchdown on 55 attempts, but for what it's worth, he did lead the team in rushing with 14 yards. So They, they did say that Tom Brady looks better than what he did when he was 24, so I guess he has those uh, 24-year-old legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, most important thing I wanted to touch on again today was looking forward to um, the Bucks patriots game on Sunday night, probably, probably the most like meaningful regular season game, um, in our generation, probably that at least that has no like playoff implications. Hmm, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, just thinking about like all the all the build up to this game. Um, I mean, it's like years like over a decade probably of conversations of well you know just looking at the uh brady versus belichick debate in terms of the patriots dynasty and the success Mm -hmm. they had together um i don't think this one game will settle that but yeah definitely not but i mean just like how um the Bucks winning the Super Bowl last season didn't settle anything, um, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. But I don't know. There's there's two ways that I see this going, and what you got to remember that a lot of people seem to be kind of brushing aside is one: nobody knows Brady better than Belichick, like as a player. Nobody knows his strengths, his weaknesses, and everything in between because he's seen him at his best and his worst. Like, he knows everything there is to know about him as a player, right? Yeah, I mean, he coached coached him for so many years. And obviously, it doesn't seem like the two men have very fond <laughs> memories of each other. I mean, it seemed like there was a, a cold breeze going on there between them. And no, that is not a Drew Brees pun. (laughs) Yeah, I obviously Belichick's one of the all-time great defensive minds in the history of the game. I can see him crafting up a very motivated game plan to try to slow Brady down in that 
really talented Bucks offense. Yeah, and granted, they do have a top five passing defense right now. Uh, they're fifth in scoring, fifth in total yards, and yeah, second in passing yards allowed, fifth in passing touchdowns allowed, um, and there's seven in takeaways. So, granted, they have played the Dolphins, Jets, and Saints, who as of this season aren't known for their um, incredible passing attacks, but I think that's definitely something to look at. Um, yeah, just the defensive mind that he is and the talent that they have put together for this season. Um, I think, yeah, there's two ways that I see this going. is either Belichick schemes against Brady and that offense perfectly, um, and either they win a close one or even if, the Bucks still win, but Brady has a below average game. I would still put that in the history books as a win for Belichick in terms of mm. this conversation. Um, and then on the flip side, it's either the Bucks are obviously a way better team and they win like they realistically should, and nobody seems to care that they're obviously a better team and they also have a great defense going up against Mm -hmm. Mac Mac Jones and the rest of the Patriots offense that has been not amazing so far this season. So Mm. yeah, I don't know. Did you have any last thoughts on that? Uh, I think it'll be fingers crossed. It should be really interesting. I'm hoping for at least like a good game here. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very juicy storyline, especially since Brady's uh, heir apparent could be starting for New England in his rookie year. I mean, and especially with how much Mac Jones resembles Brady and in terms of how he plays and sees the field, it would be interesting to see if he can ever lead New England to a win against Brady. The yeah, guy, Mac game. Jones has any sort of like high amount of success in New England, you know, producing at a high level, like he's going to be compared to Brady in a lot of ways. It would be interesting if he can find a way to score enough points to somehow beat Brady. Ironically, if he were to beat, it would be in the fashion of Eli Manning beat Brady in those Super Bowls, which is kind of playing off of the success of the defense. So like if the Patriots ever beat Brady the way that like, beat Brady I admit, I admit I'm just thinking of this right now as I'm speaking yeah um that would actually be very very like killer irony that would just like make my day yeah I mean it's it's weird to think about that right now like the most anti-Brady thing to do is to root cheer for, for the, the Patriots. Patriots like, like I I, never... dude, I'm actually rooting for the Patriots in this one like five years ago to root for the Patriots I would have like smacked you in the face. Now, yeah. I'm, now I'm like rooting for Mac Jones and the Patriots to, you know, the uh, the uh, underdogs to uh, beat beat Brady. While wow, t- have times changed? Yeah, who would have thought? Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, they can at least keep it interesting. Make it interesting. Um, but man, it's just a juicy story. Like it, 
Yeah. I think it's going to live up to. I think the I think Brady's going to be in the attack mode and you know the Bucks are just going to out-talent them and outmatch them. But like I just I just want to see New England win. That's the story. Like the storyline would be better if New England Of course, yeah. This, but like like if the Bucks just dominate them like annoying. But like if the yeah. Patriots win, it makes the storyline that much better because it gives Belichick an edge. Where right now, in most people's eyes, Brady winning the Super Bowl in Tampa gives him an edge. Now it sort of evens the gap a bit. So like the discussion between them is much more interesting. Where now, in like the eyes of casual fans, Brady winning a Super Bowl and Brady beating New England gives them like a very clear lead. Yeah, like almost a twenty-eight to three lead. <laughs> over Bill Belichick in that debate. That is yeah. a high IQ meme. That is a I, I could make on a greatness debates memes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like that. It's just, I just think it's better for the storyline if, if New England finds some sort of underdogish way to beat Tampa. But I, I don't really see it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. I think, I mean, like I posted on my story today, uh, I kind of compared it to um, Batman just having the plan and the means to take down Superman if he needs to. Mm. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick has been storing away some kryptonite over the years to <laughs> um, bring out for a scenario just like this. Yeah, and like it would be ironic if you pulled out like the Giants game plan against them in the Super Bowls the, yeah. you know, and the man uh, get get a pass rush blitzing a lot like that's the anti-Brady formula just not a lot of teams can accomplish that and I don't even know if New England could accomplish that but like if they can do that and win like it would just be so it would just be so good like it would just be so like my comments are typically not flooded unless I'm talking about Kirk Cousins on my page. <laughs> so um, this would be something I could get a lot of uh, attraction. Yeah, that would be a good one. Um, yeah, uh, I think yeah, nothing else I can say. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I think I got to get my the rest of my night underway. But yeah. Um, <laughs> It's been it's been a pleasure as always. As always, um, yep, yep. <laughs> and yeah, looking forward to a good slate of games tomorrow. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm very excited just not to watch the Steelers, but very excited to watch NFL games. Yeah. Um who who do the Steelers have tomorrow again? Green Bay and Lambeau. Ooh. Apparently expected pain is still pain mean. Yeah. Uh, greatness debates memes. Yeah, because Watt's still out, right? Watt is going to play. Deontay Johnson is going okay. to play, which okay. helps like every single. However, yeah. uh, Chase Claypool is out. Yeah, see, you so can't like, you can't tap it all. Receivers are just injuries. Uh, I'm just not even. If it was in Pittsburgh, maybe I'd give us a shot. But, like, in Lambeau, like, even if our defense plays really well, you beat the Packers scoring less. Probably not unless you're the New Orleans Saints. 
pick one. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm just not. I think our defense is going to get picked apart by Rodgers and then our offense. 10 points. And I'm just going to be like, man, we're one, three. And I'm just like, watch the other games and just like pray at my fantasy teams. Don't make me too upset for the. Yeah. Yeah. That's the stage that. I'm at. <laughs> that's, yeah. just, that's the stage I'm at. And just prepare some memes to uh, cope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that doesn't work out and um, if the Bucks win Sunday night, that's, that's a tough weekend. Um, yeah, it is tough, but I'm used to it. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Um, (laughs) but yeah, that's, that's all for today, guys. Um, thank you for listening. Ryan, thanks again for joining me. Oh, always, always. It's always fun. Awesome. Um, (laughs) yeah. Hope everybody enjoys the games tomorrow and, uh, hope to see you back next week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. All right. Take care, everybody.